This Game Source podcast is being brought to you by our friends at Gamer Protection Guild. The GPG is looking out for every gamer's needs. Find them on Facebook and like them. Gamer Protection Guild. Welcome to the Game Source Podcast. This is the Nintendo E3 Preview Podcast. Uh, here we just got a small crew for us today. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you are, I'll be hosting tonight. That's me, Super Pouring. We've also got Steph Tafu and Joel Vanesta. Hey, hey. So, let's get right into it. For me, I wasn't even sure which games were going to be showing up at this E3. It wasn't as many as I originally thought. For the Wii U, at least, we got 16 at least confirmed games. For the Wii U specifically, a couple of those are you know, multi-platform games. And then for the 3DS, we got 19. For right now, we got Pikmin 3 and Wonderful 101, which should have been out already. Sonic Lost World, Bayonetta 2, Game & Wario, Mario Kart Wii, U, Super Mario Wii U, Smash Brothers Wii U. I really hope all these don't have Wii U at the end of it. <laughs> Yarn Yoshi, Wii Fit U, Wii U Party, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD Remake. Then we got Shin Megami Tensei X Fire Emblem. The X, which could be the next Xenoblade, right now just called X. And then a couple like Disney Infinity, Rayman Legend, a few multi-platform games. And for 3DS, we've got the Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies, the Smash Brothers again, Bravely Default Flying Fairy, Legend of Zelda, Shin Megami Tensei 4, Rune Factory 4, Project X Zone, Pokemon XY, Yoshi's Island 3DS, Mario Party 3DS, Mario Golf World Tour, Mario and Luigi Dream Team, Professor Layton, Azran Legacy, Dragon Quest 7, which is a remake, Chocobo Racing 3D, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, Batman Origins, Blackgate, which I believe is also coming out on the Vita, Monster Hunter 4, and a Sega 3D catalog, which will be, I guess, 3D remakes of their old games. So, that's what we're looking at, at least so far, other than any surprises. Since they're not going to be doing an official press conference, I imagine they're going to be doing these through their Nintendo Directs. Joel, was there any others that you were maybe expecting to see in some direct, you know, Nintendo Directs or 
at the E3 show floor itself. As far as anything unannounced or what? Yeah, any any games that you know could take us by surprise, new IPs or existing ones. I would expect that we'll we'll see more of the familiar Nintendo franchises. I think it's about time for another Metroid game. Uh, I think that we will see a proper like new Wii U Zelda game of some sort. Probably a new Mario game. Um, stuff like that. Well, yeah, they are doing the the Super Mario Wii U, which is done by the the Galaxy team, but there hasn't been like hardly anything shown or talked about of that. So, not sure of anything as far as that goes. How about you, Steph? Well, that we're definitely looking to see a new Metroid. I think that's definitely something that's been... We haven't seen one recently, and they need to get hopefully a good version of that coming out. Mario, Zelda, I want to hear more about the Zelda. And I'm hoping that they'll announce just a new IP, something new, something different that we haven't seen or heard before. So, and this is skipping ahead a little bit, but as far as new IPs, like, do you think they should be doing a new IP? Because right now their stance basically is that if they come up with a new idea, they find one of their existing franchises to kind of latch on to that as a safer selling mechanism. Do you think they're going to try to be doing a new IP? Do you think they need to be doing an IP yet, Steph? I don't think it could hurt to try and do a new IP. I think that um, as long as they're still doing those core games that people are really looking for, they're putting out the Marios, Zeldas, Smash Brothers, that sort of thing, I think that they have enough wiggle room to take a chance and put out a new IP out there and be like, hey, look, we got something new. Try it out. Look at the features that it uses. Look at what we're doing and that sort of thing. Joel, how about you? Do you think they need to be gearing up for a new IP now? I think it would be wise if they went for a new IP. It's been a while. I mean... Aside from Wii Sports and, and Wii Music and stuff like that on the Wii, the last real new Nintendo IP we had was Pikmin. So it would be nice if Miyamoto was cooking up another new IP. And just in general, like I think the landscape of gaming right now, there's a lot of companies betting on like smaller developers or just original ideas that we haven't seen before. So you've got games like... You know, these are a bit dated at this point, but the whole MOBA rage and Minecraft and DayZ, which were all really big successes that kind of came out of nowhere and captured all these people's imagination or, you know, attention. So I think if Nintendo could get something like that going again, that could be a big push in selling systems. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the, you know, the MOBA genre because I think with the, you know, the Wii U gamepad has a pretty good you know, easy way for you to be able to control, you know, at least some kind of strategy-based type of game. Like, I think, you know, it's a really good, easy way to make, you know, good use of the gamepad there. Like, for me, personally, I'm hoping, really hoping, that I see a new F-Zero coming out here. Even if it's just, like, saying that, hey, there's one being made, uh, that's what I really want. But going back to, you know, gamepad uses, like, I think... I mean, I can't really take credit for this. Other people have had this, said this idea. Pokemon Snap came out N64 forever ago. 
using the gamepad, though, would be a really, really obvious use of a camera for Pokemon Snap. So, I mean, if Nintendo is, is paying attention to people of, that have had that idea, that's a real, real easy sell right there. Yeah, they should definitely. I mean, that would be cool if they brought some of that stuff back. Like you mentioned F-Zero, you mentioned Pokemon Snap. Like, those are some games we haven't seen in a while. I mean, Pokemon Snap, that's kind of a one-of-a-kind thing, except for that Africa game that came out on uh, PS3 early on. So, yeah, that would be really neat. Yeah, now I feel like I'm really excited for a game that hasn't been announced. It's just people talking about, but that would be really awesome because I remember when Pokemon Snap came out, kind of thought, well, this seems sort of like an odd game, just kind of taking pictures, but I had so much fun with that game and just thinking of all the things that they could do to integrate the uh, gamepad would make that awesome. (laughs) Well, yeah, and what's funny, too, is that that ended up being uh, just a rental game for me at the time, and the game is not really that long even so i mean you can beat it in a rental and i ended up after playing it ended up renting it again later and playing through it again to try to get better pictures and stuff as far as so with nintendo not doing a official press conference as everybody knows do you think this is the wisest course of action for them i mean it's probably saving them some money but do you think they're getting enough coverage out of this joel it's hard to say i mean going into this e3 it's it's going to be hard for Nintendo to really, you know, show up Microsoft and Sony who are bringing entirely new hardware that are really bringing in the new generation of games. So maybe not having, trying to compete by having that big conference is good. And also during this slow period where like the last games of the generation are coming out, like Nintendo has been continuously providing like glimpses at what they have coming up. And for the 3DS, that's been really strong, and I think people have continued to be really excited about it. For the Wii U, all I can say is I hope that they they make that relevant with this Nintendo Direct that they're going to be doing at E3. Steph, what do you think? They're getting enough out of these Nintendo Directs to help give them some more press here? Well, I think so far the Nintendo Directs have been doing well for them, especially like Joel said with the 3DS. I think that while I would have liked to have seen an official press conference, that depending on how they do the Nintendo Directs, they could be very effective. They're obviously going to have time to get them ready for being sent out. They, I'm assuming they'll probably be pre-recorded so they won't have to worry about technical mishaps or any of that, which is always a plus. No fun when uh, you're up there and stuff starts spinning around and it's not working correctly. But I I don't know. I think it's going to just have to be seen how they go about getting the word out with the Nintendo Directs as compared to what they would have been able to do with a press conference. Can't really say either way whether it was the smart choice yet or not. Got to see how they actually implement it. Yeah, I guess the the one takeaway from this, there's been a lot of good press conferences and a lot of bad ones. I mean, there's... Like video features showing like the worst moments, the best moments, all that kind of stuff. At least this way, they won't have anything bad or awkward. So, I guess that's a plus for sure. That's that's a negative for 
gamers and NeoGAF who uh, make wonderful gifts on the internet of stuff that happens at Nintendo conferences and other awkward conferences at E3. Yeah, so, yeah, so we won't see a uh, a repeat of Wii Music going yeah, on Robbie here. Drums, Robbie Drums, yep. So, I know Gerald wants me to ask this. That's uh, Yes, Elvis Lives. He's still really big about the whole mobile gaming taking a big chunk out of the video game marketplace. So do you think what Nintendo has to show with the 3DS, does it help keep their stronghold over gamers? Uh, we'll start with Steph. Well, um, even in the article that he linked us, the percentage of um, gamers that fall into the mobile gaming category is higher than any other percentage, but the core console gamers are still that's where the money is. Like, even in, in the article it references that, that that, even though it's a smaller percentage now, are still spending more money on games. So I think that it's not really in the best interest of developers and stuff to be focusing solely on mobile gaming. Obviously, it's not something that I think any developer should completely ignore. It is there and it's prevalent. But I think that just by saying, oh, well, so many people are playing mobile games, we don't need to worry about handhelds. They're really kind of shooting themselves in the foot because if you look at a lot of the people that are playing mobile games, they're playing them because they're cheap, because they're free. And yes, they're trying to shove all those microtransactions in there, but there's always going to be people that aren't going to pay for the, the I said mobile, sorry, microtransactions. I... I personally don't have a smartphone because I have a 3DS and it plays my games and we have our Vita that plays those too. I, I, for me, another big thing about why I don't want a mobile phone like that is because I don't want to have to worry about a battery on my phone and killing it by playing games. I'd rather have my console that I can play my games on and if it dies, it dies. I can still make phone calls if something happens. Joel, what about you? I mean, my my whole stance, if anybody follows anything I write or say or, you know, yell about, like, I'm not big on mobile games. I've tried it. I, I gave it a fair shake. I've tried some of the best and most revered mobile games, and some of them are neat. But for the most part, none of them really stick. That said, like, mobile games, obviously, they're really successful. You have... Games, you, you have companies like Gung Ho who have a success like Puzzle and Dragons, which makes like $200 million a month on microtransactions and stuff, in-app purchases in that game. So there's obviously a lot of money to be made there. But at the same time, we have these social games. The social game bubble is starting to burst. Like, if you saw the news recently, like Zynga, who, yeah, they're more into Facebook games, but they pretty much closed down everything they had and that's just because like the the mobile game not not necessarily a mobile game but the so, sort of social game hype has started to deflate and and people are getting away from that and another thing with the mobile space is as it always has been it's it's hard to keep track of what's good and what's worth your time and money or or whatever on those systems on those platforms because there's just so few that actually rise to the top so, well, yeah, and it's, it's pretty bloated at this point, yeah. Yeah, it's entirely bloated. There's a ton of shovelware on there. 
Like, it's it's a nightmare. So as far as Nintendo goes with the 3DS, I think the 3DS is fine. Like, I don't think there's any reason for Nintendo to worry about that. They pretty much have a stronghold there with the 3DS. And it's going to continue to be that way because that system and those games are popular around the world. And Nintendo's obviously putting a ton of support into it. So I don't think that's going away or any in any danger of being overrun or overtaken by these mobile games. What I will say, though, is it is interesting that both the 3DS and the Vita are going in these directions where they're enabling indie developers to get on the, the platform really easily because indie games are, are big right now. There are plenty of new ideas, just interesting and and cheap, not cheap, but, you know, moderately priced experiences that... Um, provide you with something that AAA games just aren't doing. So I think that's a good direction. Another good direction would be try to get on this free-to-play thing. They just announced for Vita, Capcom's doing Dragon's Dogma Quest, which is a free-to-play, like, 2D dungeon crawler. And there's also, like, PSO2 over there and, and other games in Japan that are, like, trying out this free-to-play model. I think Nintendo can get in on that with the 3DS and try to get some of that free-to-play money coming in. I think that's a good chance for them to try out a new IP since I'm sure they wouldn't want to sour an existing one with something that, you know, may not be a hit because, I mean, that's the other problem, too, with this big bloated mobile market. But even indie games, too, like, you can only have so many Minecrafts and other actual hits, and for every one hit, there's 10, 20, even if they're really good, ones that just don't make it because... They, they got to get around by word of mouth, and you can only play so many games and like get the message out there. So I mean, it's it's not a it's not easy for that smaller mobile and indie market to really get the the face time they need. Steph, I, I know you wanted to say something else regarding these. Yeah, two things that I thought of while Joel was talking during specifically relating to mobile gaming. I think that they're. Another reason there's always going to be a place for actual mobile consoles is the lack of buttons on smartphones and tablets. It's obviously they're able to do, you're able to play games with the touch screen, with the slides, stuff like that, but it doesn't really compare, at least for me, to having the actual buttons. Your capabilities are limited when you have a console that's got actual buttons on it, that's got the screens that's got all of that you have it opens up a lot more possibilities and interesting game mechanics and gameplay i think that's kind of an important thing and then the other thing i was going to say is that we see the list of top sellers for the week and fairly often if not on the top at least in the top 10 there tend to be one or two 3ds games i know um for Quite a few weeks, a few months back, Tamagotchi, I believe it was, was on the 3DS, was the top seller for, like, weeks. Luigi's Mansion was way up there on the top. Um, So 3DS games are definitely still going very strong. Yeah, and also made obvious by the fact that they got more 3DS games coming out than Wii U games, which, I mean, also is obviously due to the fact that they're a lot quicker and easier to make. And they still have quite a good backing for the for that little system. So, I mean, it seems to be general consensus here that they're still doing pretty pretty good as far as 3DS goes. 
The Wii U, on the other hand, does need some work. That's going to bring us up to the round table of doom. Doom. So, what we're, we're going to talk about here mainly is just what they need to come out, you know, what they need to do to come out on top. As we were kind of saying, it seems like the 3DS is, is doing pretty good. So, what what do we need to do with the Wii U to to really have them come out on top here. You know, as Joel was saying earlier, obviously you know, the Xbox One and the PS4 are going to have a big presence there. You know, they're going to be talking about their new games also. So they really need to come out strong here. Do you think, like, a price cut for the, the Wii U and or 3DS is necessary for them to help get some more units out there? Do you think they're going to need to do some newer updated models, like... Bigger hard drives, Blu-ray drives, stuff like that, or even just a beefier Wii U Plus or something. What do you think, Joel? As far as prices go, it doesn't hurt. I think the 3DS is, is very competitively priced right now, and I think when we hear the prices for the PS4 and the Xbox One, the Wii U is going to look pretty good. As far as like different models go... I mean, there is the the rumor or news going around that the the Wii U model, the the basic model, they're recalling that and kind of focusing on the deluxe edition because that's what everyone bought. Nobody really bought the basic model, so I think coming out with that small hard drive and stuff and and just lack of of pack-ins or just the bare bones thing, even though it was at a reduced price, that didn't do so well for them. So maybe they regroup come up with a new SKU that has a decent-sized hard drive, has a pack-in, maybe Super Mario U, something like that, and they kind of go from there. As Well, I, I guess that uh, answers the question for, for price cuts and models. Steph, what about you? Yeah, I think that the 3DS, they already have their price cut. I don't really think it needs another price cut. It's still cheaper than getting a Vita and obviously has a much, much, much larger game selection for it. The 3DS is doing pretty well where it is. The Wii U, I don't really think is going to need a price cut, obviously, because the price of the 3DS, uh, sorry, not 3DS, the price of the PS4 and Xbox One, even though it hasn't been announced, we know it's probably going to be up there. I'm sure it's going to cost more than a Wii U. I don't think it would be a bad idea for them to come out with a new model that has a larger hard drive. Even the 32 gig is a pretty small hard drive, so putting a bigger hard drive in there, like Joel said, maybe bundling it with the Mario Brothers Wii U, anything like that, I think he kind of nailed it as far as price cuts go. Yeah, I think I mean, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I think as far as like pack-ins go, I think they might the Wii U, the Wii Fit U coming out, I think that's a really good opportunity for them to try to regain some of those those casual crowds that flocked to the Wii and bought the more casual games there. 
I think it's a really good opportunity for them to maybe rebundle that basic unit, even if it's the same price, take a cut on, on the game or something. That's probably a good, good opportunity for them to get rid of those units, maybe get those, those casuals back in. I still think they probably should do a price cut anyway, though. Like Joel was saying, it certainly wouldn't hurt. And as said, I don't, I don't think 3DS has, has too much to worry about. I do think they will, at the very least, have a holiday bundle of some sort. I mean, they already have the Animal Crossing 3DS i coming out, or at the same time as the game, at least. But uh, I think they'll be doing another one just for the holiday season, maybe have like two games in there, special color, something like that. Other than that, I just really hope that they uh, they really focus in on the games. Hopefully, some surprises like F-Zero. I want to see at least some surprise characters for Smash Brothers. I mean, that's going to be shown at the Nintendo Direct on the 11th. So, we should be seeing a good bit there, but doesn't hurt to also show it at E3 to show more at E3. So that is really easy opportunity. I mean, they don't have any hardware to show to really get out there and talk about all these games they have coming out and hopefully some uh, some new ones, some surprises, maybe a new IP, and uh, really get some uh, some headway there. Get a good good head start into this next holiday season. So I guess that'll about do it for our special Nintendo E3 podcast. Was there anything else you guys wanted to share? I just want to see games announced from everybody. I think that's the biggest thing that all three consoles are lacking right now. We haven't heard a whole lot about the games. PlayStation 4 announced a few. Xbox One kind of announced some. And I could definitely go for some more from Nintendo. So I think that's just what I'm hoping to see. I want to see a ton of games. Joel, closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I got a couple things here, I guess. I don't think Nintendo is going to win E3, as everybody likes to talk about, well, who's going to win the big show? I think the odds are just stacked against them. But I think they have a very high chance of kind of swaying things in their favor because we've been all positive about the 3DS this entire show and I want to be positive about the Wii, the Wii U like that. So if they can come out there and make some really big announcements about games, hopefully it's, they're usually great at the strong first-party showing. If they could somehow bust out some strong third-party showings and kind of maybe do a little jab about like yeah we still deal in used games you can still rent games on the wii u and the 3ds kind of like bring that up but as far as what i really want to see from from this like steph said i want to see games i want to see games from everyone and i want to see games that make me want to get systems, consoles that I don't have. So that's what I'm hoping for with Wii U. And, like, right now, we, we know about some of them. So, obviously, like, Smash Brothers, I'm super excited about that. Like, I cannot wait to see what they have to show about Smash Brothers, and I'll be waiting 
like patiently and hoping they do another Smash Brothers dojo thing where they're revealing characters and items and all these quirky little things leading up to the game. Yeah, that was that was really really big that, hype for me. That was amazing. That was one of the coolest things they've ever done. I'm also really excited about the Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem. Obviously, like these are two of my favorite franchises mashed together. On that note, Fire Emblem did really well, so I'm expecting it to show up in some capacity. Other than that, I fully expect Fire Emblem characters to return in Smash Brothers. I would love to see another Fire Emblem game announced, aside from the one we're already getting with the crossover. And, you know, aside from that, maybe Intelligent Systems works on another Advanced Wars game, because that'd be pretty neat, too. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'd completely forgotten about that one. I was thinking about it on the way home today, and I totally forgot about it when we jumped on here, but I was thinking that could be a cool thing to use with the gamepad and such. I mean, they had been, obviously, just on the Game Boy Advance and the original DS. So it's been a while since we've had an Advance Wars, but I think they they could very easily throw a Wii U version on there using the, the touchscreen and such. And it would also be a easy way for them to do kind of asynchronous play with against two people or something, having one person on the gamepad and maybe, like, two people playing on the screen or something. There's there's a lot of things they could do with that. But, yeah, third parties, I would like to see them try to get some of them back. Funny what you were saying, Joel, about maybe giving a jab about uh, used games, and also maybe that it's also still backwards compatible. Yeah. I don't really see Nintendo much for crap talking, for lack of a more colorful word there. Yeah, but uh, I could see Reggie getting in there and, and kind of mixing it up a little bit. That would be great. Gotta love uh, Reggie. That would be a really, really good opportunity for them to get some good jabs in there if they did. And that would probably get them some some favorable, favorable applause and, like, you know, get some people on their side just for showing they can play ball a little bit. Yeah. But uh, that would be great. I and mean, obviously there's... Quite a few games that they can show, and obviously some surprise, some surprises as well. So I'm I'm hoping for a lot from all the companies, really. That'll do it for our Nintendo podcast. Make sure to check us out Facebook at Game Source. We also obviously have our site www.yourgamesource.com. We'll be going E3 crazy for the whole thing, posting as soon as we see them videos. We've thrown them up mass crazy. Probably just kind of throwing them up there just to get the word out, the info out, so you can feel like you're there on the show floor seeing stuff as if you were walking around yourself. You know, we also obviously have iTunes, Your Game Source, iTunes. You can email us at yourgamesource at yahoo.com. Download our free mobile app, uh, or you can do it from your phone going to our site. Or you can just do it from our site and download from there. If you click on Chris's face there, you can get that set up free, obviously. Uh, We also uh, joined up with the Gamer Protection Guild on Facebook here to, you know, get them information quickly. If you like them on Facebook as well, that'll also be another conduit to get some more E3 info as it happens. If you're as excited as pretty much every gamer is for E3, those are your sources right there. 
And obviously we have our, our own pages. I'm super pouring. We've got Steph Tafu and the Nesta. You know, we've got some more stuff coming out other than E3, so be sure to keep checking us out. Uh, this is super pouring, and take care and keep playing. Good night, everybody. Always be rad. Good night. Isn't it radical? It's whatever you want it to be. I think I definitely want it to be radical. All right. Always be radical. Yeah. And remember, this Game Source podcast was brought to you in part by the GPG, the Gamer Protection Guild. Find them and like them on Facebook at Gamer Protection Guild, fighting for your rights as gamers.